0: It is Friday the 22nd of October, welcome to Afternoon Sport, Tim Gilbert here, Shane Lee, how are you?
1: Timmy, I'm a little bit sore today mate, I went back to see my personal trainer yesterday, or Brad Spence, and I can hardly walk mate, I feel like I've been shot in the arse mate. (laughs) And not, and not in a good way. Ooh, every, every
0: muscle in the body, eh? It's uh, no pain, eh? no gain, that's what they say.
1: That's, that's, that's what they say, mate, but uh, hopefully it'll get better over the next few weeks. But uh, yeah, trying to get back in a bit of fitness and um, just trying to uh, you know, equal up things leading into Christmas.
0: Today on the show, David Warner back in form. We've got all the latest cricket plus Brisbane comedian Shad Wicker. Let's get going. Dave Warner, well, he, he couldn't get a run in a the stocking there for a while, but he's hit a little bit of form,
1: Shane. Mate, he has, uh, and he's put Australia into, a, into the box seat, actually, mate, to advance to the semifinals. Um, a pretty tough game against Sri Lanka, particularly in those sort of conditions. Um, we kept Sri Lanka to only 155. The pick of the bowlers and the real sort of hero in this game was um, Adam Zampa. He took two for 12 off four overs. Uh, which unbelievable figures over there. And and Mitchell Stark, two for 27 or four. But it was Warner um, who put on a 70-run opening partnership uh, with the captain, and he ended up scoring um, 65 runs, mate. So he's back in form, old David Warner, finally.
0: Good on him, and it puts Australia in an interesting position. It is... Pretty wide open this World Cup, this T Twenty World Cup.
1: Yeah, it is, mate. It's um, it's going to be interesting to see the next couple of games are going to be the real big ones, of course. But um, I think hopefully we can start finding some form. You know, Finch looked okay at the crease too, as we said, put on seventy with Warner. Um, but yeah, good good signs for the Aussies, and particularly. I think the key is going to be like all these T20 World Cups. It's the, it's the spinners that do the, the real damage. And Adam Zampa is bowling really, really well. So that's good, good signs for the Aussies. Well, looking ahead to the Ashes
0: and looking at other cricket that's going on domestically here, Usman Khawaja, and he's batting beautifully. Him and Dave Warner have a, have a great history together. They go all the way back to juniors at Randwick, I think. And uh, he could be opening with him when it comes the first test
1: at the Gabba. Mate, if you, if you said six months ago, Usman Khawaja would be playing the first test, I I would have said absolutely no chance, but I think he's almost a dead cert to start now, mate. Um, he scored 119 and he'd followed up with 174 last Shield game, so that's back-to-back hundreds. Look, Kowaja averages 40, 40.66 over 44 tests, which is a pretty decent opening um, for an opening batsman, a pretty decent average, but he averages 53 from 24 tests in home tests in Australia. Um, and then you've got Marcus Harris, who is the incumbent. He's on 41, not out in the Shield game currently. But he, he only averages 23 in test cricket from 10 tests and, and I think Aussies are going to get the nod here and that, that'll give the chance for the Aussies to potentially push someone like um, a Pakulski or a Head who's also in form who batted five and, and will build a team around them. But um, yeah, really, really good signs for Usman and I think he will, he will be there playing the first test for Australia. It's a great sign for Australian cricket, isn't it?
0: Because if there was a little bit of a a frailty, sort of an Achilles heel looking at the ashes, it was how solid will this batting lineup be? How many inexperienced players will we have to throw in? But if you have an informed Khawaja, you've got Warner. Hopefully, this will be the start of him getting back in the runs. Steve Smith, well, he's hard to argue with at any point because he's liable to
1: score yeah. a double hundred and, and Labashane it starts to look very good it starts to look really good there and then with Green sort of batting at six I would say um, yeah, as I said it'll either be either be head or Pukulski, um batting at five I'd say at this stage probably head based on form but that that top order is starting to look good and with runs in the bank too which is great
0: now, Ange Postacoglu, he is on
1: fire, and he's waxing lyrical Celtic. Five straight wins. Well, Ange, yeah, mate, he's on fire. He's talk about getting some runs and runs in the bank. He's going to have some serious dollars in the bank. Um, another another win um, against Hibernian uh, 3-1, but that's five wins in a row for Celtic. Uh, they're only now two points behind the leaders in the Rangers. So, mate, we said it was going to be a really, really tough month for him, and he's come up with the goods. He's going to be really well-considered over there now, and particularly... In, in a league that's really, really tough to coach, that puts him up in really uh, uh, sort of rarefied air as, par, as far as coaches go.
0: And, and the Scottish media aren't easy on no. uh, their, their football people, their players, or their coaches. So And that, that goes down to rugby, any sport, very similar to the English media. And uh, that win over Hibernian will really help him. They're, they're tough, aren't they? Now, you've been over in the United Kingdom and, and seen the media firsthand. They don't mind who they go. They
1: will go after you, mate, and they'll go after you with um all barrels bla- blazing, mate. But um, yeah, uh, as we said, mate, like a really tough, tough month for him, but he's come up with the goods. Five wins in a row now it gives him it will give him a lot of confidence, plus the team too. Um, with his coaching style. Cristiano
0: Ronaldo, he's having twins. He's already got four. This will be six kids for Cristiano
1: Ronaldo with Georgina Rodriguez. <laughs> yes, a very sexy name, isn't it? But um, mm. yeah, he's, he's a, far- She's a model. She is, mate. Well, I'm assuming she would be. He's a pretty good sort himself. But um, look, he's had three of his four kids are already born to two different surrogate mothers. So um, he's expecting twins now. He says he wants seven kids. So uh, he's pretty busy both off and on the field or Ronaldo.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It? And on the subject of uh,
1: subject of babies,
0: Big Max Gorn, Big Ned Kelly. He was such a leader for the Melbourne Demons. He was outstanding through the course of the finals and through to the grand final. And uh, he and his wife Jessica welcomed their first child and uh, he's always doing things quite
1: uniquely, isn't he Big Max? He is, mate. I think most people will look back at 2021 and go, that was probably the, one of the worst years of my life. Max scorn will look back on it with the fondest memories. He's won the first premiership in 57 years. He's had the birth of his first child. He, was, he had more touches than any other ruckman um, in the AFL. He made the All-Australian team again as captain. He's led his team. What a, what a great year for him. I'm sure he's going to have very, very fond memories. What, what lockdown, he will say. Yeah, big Max gone. He's he's like he's been here
0: before, isn't he? When you look at him with that mm. big beard and that history all, sort of etched all over his face. I know he's not that old, but the way that he was coming around to all his fellow teammates after the grand final and, you know, wrapping his arms around them. He's such a personality,
1: isn't he? He is, mate. He's a real father figure. And you can see the guys, just the, the really sweet things that his teammates were saying, Um, to him on social media, congratulations with your first child, they really look up to him and he's really gelled that football club which is going to stand them in good stead for many, many years to come
0: Yeah, he he announced the arrival of his son George Oliver Gorn on Thursday afternoon taking to Instagram saying Mum was best on ground, closely followed by George, (laughs) absolutely loved it, Maxie Gorn coming up on Afternoon Sport, it's the one the only Brisbane comedian Shadwicker
1: John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies, and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back.
0: Oh, it's Friday. It's that time. That means it is Brisbane Comedian
2: Shad Wicker time. How are you, Shad? I'm doing well, lads. I'm doing well. Enjoying the uh, the transition of Australian sport into the US sport. It is all in my calendar. Yes. Thank God the NBA is on because it basically fills every hour of your day because there's 172 bloody games in an NBA
1: season. Oh. So it keeps me pretty distracted, <laughs> which is good. Now, listen, uh, let's, get, let's start with uh, the NRL here, mate. The North City Bears, they could be coming back. What are your thoughts on that? Look, um, I feel kind of like, uh, you know,
2: I had a long-distance girlfriend and mm. then I've now Ooh. just met a new girl and she's rocked up to my – my ex is now rocked up to my house and sprung me with the new girl because I have dedicated myself to being a Redcliffe Dolphins or just Dolphins <laughs> uh, fan. <laughs> For 2023, but as I've said on this uh, podcast, guys, I was a Bears fan when I was a kid. So, just as I've decided to move on, here she comes in. You know, we well, got one in each state now. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're <laughs> right. Actually, I should be looking at the positive. shape. <laughs> I feel like you just uh, let us know a little bit of something about your career, mate. <laughs>
0: Can you allow yourself to be polygamous when it comes to rugby league supportership? I mean, of course, um, once you bring in the Warriors, you've had almost as many
2: clubs as Jack Nicholas. Look, I mean, I'm just living—I'm living
1: life exactly how a rugby league player lives his life. I feel, you know, bomb (laughs) tish. Maybe they should call them the North Sydney Bundy Drop Bears. What do you reckon? Mate, Drop Bears wouldn't be a bad name, yeah. I feel. I feel people mm. would get around the mm. Drop Bears. Remember those yeah. stories. But uh, yeah. I, I love
2: the idea. I'd love, the, I'd love to see the Bears logo back in the top-tier competition. I like, uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating because we were sitting here only a few weeks ago laughing at the idea and saying how dumb it was that the Redcliffe Dolphins got rid of Redcliffe and didn't go with like mm. a Moreton Bay or a River City. And now every other team that's been trying to get into the NRL has gone, oh, we're going to drop our name as well. So put yeah. us anywhere. We want to go. The Bears would be one of the best ones to do, though I feel, because they do have such a strong supporter base. Yep. Um, and you'll be if it is the the western side of the country, you'll get a lot of viewers from the east coast who are the rabid fans from yesteryear. So I don't think it's that Ooh. bad of an idea. Yeah, no, I think it's
0: a great idea. And they've got a rich history. They're, they're, the model
2: that they're putting forward
0: is play a few games at North Sydney Oval and, and get it to, you know, country areas. So I love the old emblem foundation, the bear, then Bruce Foy and Bill Hamilton and all those great old names. Now, what about uh, Adam Elliott? This has to be his last chance, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, look, there's always a couple of teams that will give people a last, like another chance, isn't there? And the Raiders, I feel like, are one, but it seems like, Desperation teams go for desperate players. I'm gonna leave mm-hmm. it at
1: that. Um will he see much success? What do you guys think? Is he going is he an addition you want in your team? No, I don't I don't think he's a he's a great sign particular at this stage of his career. Um say that and, and it's a tough Coming under Ricky Stewart too—that's going to be even harder, I think, for him.
0: I think if they can keep him off the P one double five, keep him off the piss, <laughs> he, he could be very, he could be very good. He's, look, he's still, he's still a talented player, but that's that's the thing. Um, he obviously has an issue with that, so hopefully he's
2: going to Canberra, mate. There's nothing to do in Canberra but get mm. pissed and be- get beat up by a bouncer. Well, We've seen well, this. Well, well, maybe maybe
0: he'll grow a, a renewed uh, enjoyment of, of the war memorial or something like that. But anyway, we'll we'll, we'll wait and see. The what what well, Raiders are a about?
2: basket case, though. To be honest, they won't even make the eight next year. I'm telling you. Raiders suck. Ooh, look, okay. <laughs> They're horrible. Pretty- Ricky Stewart will be in the firing line by
0: the end of next year. All right. Let's head to America. Patty Mills uh, uh, completely uh,
2: on a different trajectory. He is flying. Yeah. Loving, loving seeing Patty Mills crush it. I was so stoked at the um, during the Olympics when he signed with uh, my Brooklyn Nets, which is a team mm-hmm. that I go for. He's just been put in the perfect position because, for um, some people may know, he was kind of convinced to go to the Nets um, partly by Kevin Durant, who's mm. arguably you know top top two best players. Him and LeBron probably at the top of the tier in terms of in the world and versatility. Um, and he's gone into this team, and people are like, oh, he's just going to be, he's just going to be the man on the bench, right? He might be sixth man of the year contender, but then you've got the anti-vax situation with Kyrie Irving, who mm. is the point guard for the Nets, who will not play now this year unless he gets vaccinated. And in comes Paddy Mills' debut, breaks a record for most or equals a record for most threes uh, in his career. So, you know, he's also stealing the ball like a machine. I think people are still in the
1: NBA underestimating how good he is as a player. Yeah, I I, I think he's got the ability to be more than just uh, the sixth man, as you said. And he's he's got potential with that team around. He was saying just yesterday that he could score 40 points in a game. Quite easily, mate. Hundred percent.
2: I, I yeah. think that if, as a Nets fan, um, obviously you want someone who's amazing, like Kyrie Irving, who's an absolute unbelievable player. Mm. But you know what's what's the number one thing is availability. Like that's yeah. a skill. And if you're not going to accept joining the team, and uh, we've got a guy that obviously gels, gets along with our star player, who is the franchise right now. Mm. Um, it's it's kind of it's almost like having a Ben Simmons situation, but you've got you've got a player who can fill that role. Um, and I think you'll see Patty being at the Nets. It's going to be I've, – I've, I'm expecting
1: huge things from him this year because it's already shown how good he can be with his team. Yeah, and talk about expecting huge things. Um, Josh Giddy, he's getting some big, big raps in the media. Mate,
2: the, his, uh, they just had a great win over the Lakers, although the Lakers are still at the moment, I think, um, I think in the NBA are a team that everyone's uh, very wary about. They are the oldest team – uh, the oldest franchise right now, the oldest team in NBA history in terms of age mm. across the board on that team. And it is showing they are slow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, are, they look very slow moving across the court. And now I know if I went to a live game, it would look quick as, but it dead said, looks like if we got a team together, he decided to go up and have a game, <laughs> um, but they, they had a great win over the over the, well just the uh, this past week. But outside of Giddy's performance, I think the biggest thing in that game was actually what happened with Russell Westbrook for the Lakers. Yeah, explain this to me. Well, what's this unwritten rule? So it wasn't Westbrook that broke the unwritten rule, but he was the one that caused he got himself ejected. What happens in the NBA is um, basically. You, obviously you're playing right to the end 10 seconds can mean a lot in the NBA because the ball can stop so often mm-hmm. um, but uh, when there's what happened in the game was there was it was five seconds to go on the clock uh, the game was lost for the Lakers they missed their chance so it was just time to dribble out the ball that's the unwritten rule you'll just dribble out the ball ah. we'll let this game end and the game is over uh, but unfortunately for Westbrook there was a steal by Darius Baisley who then took it down the other end and dunked it just to put a real big stamp on the uh, game. Westbrook took an exception to that, gave him a bit of a shove, got himself a technical and was kicked out with only a couple of seconds left in the game. Gotcha, gotcha. So the unwritten rule is essentially the sportsmanship of you don't go and, yeah. you know, chuck like, try and just dunk the ball just to, you know, be disrespectful to the rest of the team. However, this is the stat line for Russell Westbrook in that game, all mm-hmm. right? He, he achieved Ooh. what we haven't seen in quite some time, a quadruple double. Wow. Wow. Yeah, well, you say wow, but let me tell you what the quadruple-double was. 20 points, 13 assists, 10 rebounds... And 10 turnovers. See, Timmy Timmy thought it was a, a hamburger at Macca's. Yeah, or something to do with an apple turnover. <laughs> Just quickly, tell, Tom Brady. Hey, the greatest. I think Brady's definitely making a case for being the greatest sportsman that ever lived. Can we Ooh. put that out there yet? The guy's 44 years old. He's got the most touchdowns in the NFL at the moment. He's looking for the, the last record that he wants to break, which is. Uh, Peyton Manning's 55 touchdowns in a year, mm. uh, and he's already at 22. So oh. he is crushing it right now. He threw his 600th yeah. uh, touchdown over the weekend, uh, last weekend. And uh, the guy that caught it, Mike Evans, the wide receiver, took the ball celebrating with the Bucks fan, handed it to a fan in the audience without knowing it was the 600th ball, uh, and Tom Brady, a man who says he doesn't keep many memorabilia from his uh, from his career, wanted that ball. So you have a guy in the crowd who's holding a ball which has been valued since as being like worth anywhere between five hundred to seven hundred and fifty thousand yeah. US dollars in terms of value. Um, they went back; an official went back to the guy in the crowd and was like, "Look, we need that ball back." He goes, "No," <laughs> and they're like, "No, Tom Brady wants the ball back." We'll give you another ball. Now, this guy's been interviewed since, and he said, when Tom Brady says he wants the ball, you've got to give Tom Brady his ball. Yeah. So he handed it back over, which was the dumbest move ever, because now what are you going to get for it? You know what yeah. I mean? This guy yeah. could have held this at ransom um, yeah. for some prizes. He handed it back for, at first, $500 to spend at the gift shop. <laughs> I think he wants a round of golf too with Brady. That's what he's negotiating now. Since then, he started negotiating, and there's this really great broadcast that people should watch if they're NFL fans. It's called um, it's called Monday Night Manning. the Manning cast. It's where Peyton Manning and Eli Manning watch the Monday night game uh, and they get guests on. So they had Tom Brady on who has since said, no, we have done the negotiations, but I will say this, he should have kept a hold of the ball and he would have got (laughs) a lot more out of me. I'll tell you what he receives though. He gets two signed jerseys by Tom Brady and a helmet Mm -hmm. signed by Tom. He gets a signed Mm. Mike Evans jersey, the man that caught it, and the guy's game shoes, like his cleats from the game. He also gets $1,000 this time to spend at the Buck store. He gets two season um, tickets for the rest of the season and next season, so double passes for the, every Bucks game for the next two years. And Tom said on Monday night, Manning, that he's also depositing one Bitcoin into the man's wallet. Not, that's, not,
0: that's not a bad day out, Chad. We will catch up again next week, bud. Bye. No worries, guys. Have a good one. That's it for afternoon sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you goes out to our guest today, Shad Wicker, and of course our sponsors, Shane.
1: Yeah, wonderful sponsors in Maine Haircare. That's M-A-N-E,
0: MainHaircare.com. And of course our great producer, Dan McHugh, back next week on Monday with your daily dose of sport. Don't miss it. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care.